this winding road It's all been from a heavy load I feel the weight beneath the ground Ain't no grave gonna hold me down No, my Lord, I can barely see Waiting for you and your reckoning And these angels humming Can you hear the sound? Ain't no grave gonna hold me down Ain't no grave gonna hold me down And I will rise I will rise I will rise, I will rise Trouble comes for everyone Death has no respect for love Roll that stone and I won't be found Ain't no grave gonna hold me All right, welcome you to Illuminate. This is Alan Aldridge. I have Scott Bowden with me today, and um, Scott is someone who has helped me over the years with my faith. Who, um, it was funny. I was telling him about a month ago that uh, I remember before I moved to Mobile, he was one of the only people who was not with it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, it's funny. Like looking back as I was moving back home, I was like, he's right. Well. <laughs> For some reason, sometimes I kind of tend to find myself in a in a single seated boat. But uh, and I have so many of those times, I'm also wrong. But uh, you know, yeah. I, I thank a lot of you, Alan. I'm just uh, I'm just tickled to be here with you today. Yeah, and so this is the first episode where I have someone joining me to uh, help illuminate scripture. And um, me and Scott are both very transparent people when it comes to uh, faith and just. Uh, matters of the heart and uh what we've picked out to talk about today it kind of really shows i believe both of our hearts when it comes to uh me interacting with god uh knowing who i am to him i'm beloved but i'm also rags that's right i'm i'm this i'm fallen i'm, I'm in this depraved state um i remember watching my nephew grow up and i think it was about at a year and a half year old i realized selfishness pride oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i was like little sinner and i was like here it is you those, know here's the, here's the illustration those uh yeah the the innate depravity that we are born with it shows up quickly in the, in the young folks that's for sure mm -hmm. that's for sure and so of uh, just second corinthians we're in uh chapter 12 at the very end of it no no we're at the very start of it uh, Paul is telling uh, the Corinthians about a thorn that he had placed in his side. And uh, he says right here in the very beginning of the opening of the chapter, I must go on boasting. Uh, Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up in the paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. 
and he heard things that cannot be told, which may not we may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast except of my weakness. Though if I should wish to boast, I should not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it may leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Um, when I'm, anytime I'm reading uh, scripture, especially when I'm reading uh, the latter portion of the Bible, I like looking for words like so that because like right there that that is your cause like so that so whatever was stated before here comes the reason pay attention that's yeah right. or therefore here comes your application keywords right <laughs> that's right and so boasting conceitedness um and he's he opens up the chapter he's talking about i guess a rumor you know as some kind of a revelation that he had and I guess people were getting caught up into it because he wouldn't disclose what, what had happened. And he said, the point of it is not important. Um, I have a thorn in my side now to keep me humbled. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and, you know, it's really interesting uh, when you dive down deep in that. And, and again, you know, I was doing a little bit of uh, reflecting today and, and going back through some old notes. And, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us what that thorn was yeah um there's a lot of theories there's a lot of thoughts uh you know one thing you know paul suffered a whole lot of violent abuse during his ministry and it could have been a physical affliction that mm -hmm. that was left with him something that was left over from a beating or something uh in galatians 4 there i think it's verse 15 uh there's some there's some thought that it could have been eyesight that it could have been an eye disease that he had there's also the thought that it could have been a spiritual battle within himself and that's something I identify with something like a depression or inadequacy or something like that a whisper a voice in his ear yeah. and then the last thing is it could have been a person it could have been his critics it could have been somebody persecuting him uh, false teachers you know there's so many he doesn't tell us what this yeah. thorn of flesh is but we know there was something placed there to keep picking at him mm -hmm. to keep his could have been Mark because <laughs> it wasn't till the end when he would forgive him yeah you got a point you got a point but um you know it's interesting about that and and you know it's interesting to think about that that you know two things that really caught my attention on this as well is you know this thorn this this problem this 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 aggravation in his life the bible tells us it was placed by god mm -hmm. god god placed this gave this thorn in the flesh and then he reached down that it was sent by a messenger of Satan. There was, it was evil. There, there was a slice of evil in that. And that, when you hear about that, that makes me think about, you know, either something possibly uh, uh, affliction from the beatings or or the, the whispers of Satan in his ear like a, a psycho uh, a psychological problem that he had or a person. It could have been a person, you know, something of evil. But, you know, then you can, boy, you can really get your theology twisting around when you think it was sent by God or it was it was, it was provided by God but delivered mm -hmm. by a messenger of evil. Right. Uh, and, um, you know, it's definitely uh, definitely something to really dive into and, and get your attention. But, um, you know, the whole purpose of that thorn was to, uh, 
to keep Paul's attention where it needed to be. Right. On on, on the Lord and his provision. And, and you, t- you talked about that. Um, you talked about the boasting mm-hmm. and the pride. You know, every sin that I can think of starts out with pride. Yeah. I go back to the garden. Mm-hmm. So you could be like God. What's that saying? I can make my own choices. That's right. And I can decide what's right or wrong. I can right have the wrong. wisdom of God. Yeah. Sounds good to me. All you got to do is take a bite. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's always the root of it. And, and everything. Most of my problems, it is always pride. It always comes with that. Absolutely. And staying humble, hardest thing to do. It almost takes a physical injury or some kind of malady or some kind of thorn to constantly, you know, remind me. It's like, hey... Right here, this big. <laughs> and we're all wired differently into which different sins cause. Some, some folks have no problem with certain sins. They can withstand them, don't tempt them at all. And on the other side, they have something that calls their name. But everybody, I believe, deals with the lack of humility and, 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 and an and a easy, a, a easy-minded way to step into a prideful... I mean, you know, I definitely know through years of ministry, um, it's a temptation leaders in the church to to get called up and wow the boy look what let's look at all this look at what we're doing you know look at the numbers in our church look at our growth mm-hmm. and, and the next thing you know it becomes brother scott's church what <laughs> wrong, wrong thing <laughs> right right so it's just something we all battle yeah the, the pride and 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 um uh, always uh I know people always mean well, like uh, after you do the special song or maybe you were part of the worship and they're just like, you sang that so well, you did so great. And I was like, we're missing the whole point. We've missed everything. If you were just focused on that, like I'm glad it was, right. it was hearable and you know, it doesn't hurt your ears, but. You're speaking my language, brother, because, uh, you know, from the 17, almost 18 years of my ministry, 20 years totally, but about 17 to 18 has been in, in, you label it different ways, music director, music minister, worship leader, whatever, but that tag, worship pastor, and oh my goodness, um, conflicts and discrepancies over styles of music and over what you want to hear, who's playing what, who's singing what. Um, and it's so easy to get caught up. Early on in the years, I did. I got caught up on on um, on what we were doing, and and you know I, I remember we had some talented voices in in, in the group uh, back in the early days, and we did a lot of um, really awesome harmony singing. And all of a sudden, it got more about man, we're pretty we're pretty sharp, mm-hmm. and everybody. And when are y'all going to sing again? Yeah. And it was not so much, you know, it wasn't an interest in hearing the message that we were singing. It was an interest in hearing the abilities and, and to, you know, yeah, to the get talents. that. And, and the talent. And uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely hearing you. And, and it's a practice that I ended up putting in place. And you experienced this, if you'll remember, um, when you came in and so many others. Remember, um, I know you know that I asked a few folks in the music ministry to pray for a guitar player, mm-hmm. a get one guitar player. Yeah. And God blessed us with like six guitar players, three pianists, two drummers, and it was just crazy. In a matter of like three months. Oh yeah, three months. And and with that, if you'll remember, when we started getting that and, and people like you and there's several others in that group. Matt Whitney. Yeah, that had all the ability to lead. And... So many had the ability not only to play but to 
to minister, to lead worship. And if you remember, I had a practice of taking myself off of the platform and giving you guys mm -hmm. the platform twofold. First, it was encouragement and a growth pattern for all these that was coming up that God blessed us with to grow. Yeah. Secondly, it wasn't about me. Yeah. The, the, the spotlight couldn't be about me. And it helped, it helped that practice to get me off of there some. You know, and kind of so because you got to watch out because you can get caught up in the pride and and you just can't. I remember those uh, early band days and like the, the first time that I met Donna, like you know, seeing Donna in the church all the time, knew her not in a million years. With I was like, that's a drummer. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And I remember uh, she showed up for the first Obadiah project <laughs> practice, and uh, I thought she was lost. You know, and she walked in. She's like, "I'm your drummer." And I was, "Oh yeah, okay." And she's awesome. And we had Rachel, who I was just taught <laughs> how to play bass. Before. Yeah, never had played before. Right. Nails it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it continues to get better. Yeah. And um, there was so much talent that two bands got there. But Absolutely. some of my most treasured moments were the band practices, and uh, you know, we would have that time of prayer before we would do anything. Yeah. So I walk in, sit your equipment down. As soon as everybody gets where they need to be, hey, let's get in a little huddle real quick and let's meet. And then we, uh, you know, whatever's been on your heart, whatever you've read today, yeah. let's talk about it. Let's hash things out. And that was something that I took with me to Mobile. And that was another interesting band, the Foundation Band. When mm -hmm. I joined it, um, it was led by Levi at the time. And about after a month, it became co-led. And that was something that me and Levi would go on later to live together. And we would always talk about it. He's like, you remember when you first came, joined the band? I asked you. About a month in, I hated you for that. Hated myself for doing that. Because he's like, I found like I was giving away power of the, the leadership. And as I relinquished more, and you kind of took on like the Bible study and the actual prayer portion of the band. And then like I could do music at Freed everybody up it does you know what that's a biblical principle not only in just church as a whole but in the new testament church when you read the pauline letters they're addressed to the elders of the church you know we have this church structure where we have this pastor who is the person all right the original blueprint for the church is elders multiple leaders mm -hmm. and there's reasons for that one of those reasons, uh, there's a lot of reasons because everybody's gifted differently. Just like you mentioned, taking the prayer in that group and the other one might have been a different, an organizer or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's different talents and you come together in leadership. But there's also accountability and there's also a part of keeping that pride and that power in check. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it keeps it keeps somebody from being, because what did he tell you? He told you, who oh, I hated you for that because mm -hmm. I felt me losing yeah, the direction, and I hated me too because I let, <laughs> I let you come in, <laughs> and, and and but the thing is, is that that's a biblical design mm -hmm. for, you know, it, it's not it's not supposed to be about an any individual that's walking and placing feet on dirt. It's right. about Christ, yeah. and, and, and anything we're we're just we're just followers. Yeah, we're just know? using these talents that he that's right. gifted us with. That's right. So, and, and yes, we need a, a a lead pastor in the church. But I'm just saying the structure. Uh, that's I think that's one big deficiency in rural church America is not having multiple 
elders, multiple leaders, to have mm-hmm. that accountability and to keep that pride and that, you know, to keep that humility in place. Mm-hmm. So that, that's an awesome example from a band that reflects the biblical model. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And then after moving back and just seeing like the way that, you know, Matt and then of course you had uh, old Brent and yeah. Brent and those guys, they're, they were still rocking at the time. Oh yeah. And just seeing how the, the band and everything had matured since, oh, yeah. you know, since I had last seen it. Well, you've had two people after, uh, after my family left, you've had two people that came from that ministry that has led the music. Uh, Matt started and then uh, now Whitney's leading it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just awesome how God, and, and see, God, God knew that. Yeah. God, that's not a surprise. That's not a shock. That's part of the plan. So yeah. back when those prayers were lifted for a guitarist, God said, oh, I've got something a whole lot bigger in, yeah. in, in the works than that. And, and you see, you know, Whitney doing an awesome job. Absolutely. Today. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing, like, um, I guess about the, the day and age that we're in right now, and, you know, you, you can't meet, you're not supposed to meet, and, you know, you do it over uh, the Internet or Facebook or however you decide best for your church to do it, is it lends itself to be creative in that aspect, yeah. but um, the communion of it, the, the, the breaking bread, the coming together, uh, and the ministry. And I, I see so many churches, and um, there's one or two in Starkville I've seen that has just really taken this quarantine just by the horns. And it's like, uh, call us, um, you know, set time Monday through Friday. We have people on standby. We'll go to Walmart and get you groceries oh, and awesome. deliver it. Yeah. And I was like, that's how you do it, church. That's right. That's how you minister and love that's the community. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, that's, you know, definitely... I was talking, I know we're kind of steering a little bit off of course of the original mm-hmm. scripture, but that's okay. We'll follow this where it goes. But I was talking to a pastor friend of mine up in Kentucky, and uh, he, he was talking about getting some equipment for doing a better Facebook Live presentation. He was looking at a microphone and a camera set up and all that, so mm-hmm. he was talking it through, and he was almost kind of apologetic, you know, not, you know, about it, because we've kind of had this land against the doing Facebook Lives, you know, instead of... It, it, but it's like I told him, I was like, you know, there's some positives to this. Um, I know one thing that I think about is, is, and this maybe is not a good thing, but the ease it is for somebody. Somebody can be sitting at home, still in bed with the covers pulled up around their head, grab the computer, click, and boom, they're watching a message. They're, they're you know, they're participating. So you're reaching people that might not come to the doors, and then also you're reaching, there's a lot of folks that has had bad church experiences mm-hmm. and don't really, because of that, it's a stigma that lasts with them. It's not right, but it just happens. And and they don't want to go back in church, but they can click and get these messages. So I think that in that case, the outreach of this Facebook Live is wonderful. Mm-hmm. The flip side is, is exactly what you said, though, you know, Acts 2, uh, the, the thriving church that we read about at the end of Acts 2 they came together. <laughs> they didn't come together on one day a week. They came together daily. Mm-hmm. And the whole coming together was prayer, breaking of bread and fellowship, and studying God's Word to then leave the church and go out and, and share the gospel and, and do the ministry. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. Yeah, that church you're talking about has got it, man, because too many times we get caught up in church that missions is missions involves getting on a plane. Missions involves... Missions involves the person down the street that 
maybe is scared to death to get out during this time to go to Walmart to get their groceries and, and saying, I got you. Yeah, no. I'll take. I love you. I, I, I'll take care of you. It's no so, problem. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, that's an awesome testimony yeah. for that church you're talking about. And then uh, just another rabbit, um, and it's just something that you know I've been taught over the years. And like the longer I stayed in Mobile, uh, the more I began to understand my calling. Mm-hmm. And like it goes back to the kind of the thorn in the side I had. Uh, it seemed like each time a thorn would leave, it would be a new one. And sometimes it was a person. Sometimes it was an event, yeah. and you know now it's a memory that. Yeah. Remember this? Yeah. Remember this? Remember this? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. And then sometimes I, it is physical ailments. Yeah. Uh, about two years ago, I hurt my back, and um, never, never felt so inadequate as a human when you can't walk. Yeah. You're too, <laughs> you're too young for back trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never felt so inadequate. And then, like, now I've torn my ACL, and, like, I was laughing about it the other day. um, Because at first it's always a blame game. It's like, well, if I wouldn't have been wearing them shoes, if I had better grip, it wouldn't have. God, come on, man. This, right now, Mm -hmm. during Mm -hmm. a crisis, I have to go through this while this? And then I'm laughing about it and laughing at myself a couple of days later, and I was like, thank you. Because now I can't run. Yep. And it became kind of metaphorical to me. And it's like, wait a minute, you're saying that God just punishes you? I, he punishes the ones he loves. He disciplines the one he loves. That's right. Uh, yeah, great. I was, I was, um, you know, I was talking with Janice a little bit about this too. Um, about our thorns in the flesh. Um, yeah, that voice of Satan, it comes in as a whisper, but it sounds like a scream and a shout and it's loud. And you know that, to me, I have some thorns in the flesh, big time on that. Uh, uh, I have uh, natural tendencies toward uh, uh, kind of low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have natural tendencies toward depression. Runs in my family. I mean, it's just something, and and those things I have to deal with, and um, it keeps me humble. You know, it's something that I. I mean, I think it's one way that God keeps my feet planted because. I know who I am, and I know my struggles, and I, I, I'm not going to lift myself up or look down from any kind of hilltop at anybody else because I've just because they have a different struggle, I've got my struggles. And then, of course, Janice has MS, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's a physical thorn. I mean, that hinders her. I mean, she hasn't been out of the house in a month because of the pandemic, and she's right. high risk. You know, it's right. autoimmune autoimmune disease, so she doesn't need to get it. And we're talking about the whines, you know, because, you know, you know, in our cases, it really seems to be something for us to, to, to really, God wants us to rely on him. Uh, moves on into the scripture you read that his grace is sufficient. Mm-hmm. And grace and simple definition is just goodness that we don't deserve. You know, and God's divine goodness mm-hmm. to us, we don't deserve it. You know, the best that we can give him is filthy rags. But, he gives us that grace, and that grace is sufficient. Sufficient defined means not too much, not too little. Just, Just right. Everything that we need, it, it, complete, complete. His grace is sufficient, and, and, and these thorns that we experience reminds us of that. We can't do it on our own. The, mm. We can't do this on our own, but God's grace is sufficient. On the other side, like you said, yes, yeah, sometimes those thorns come in kind of like a paddle 
kind of like a, 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 a timeout. Go get in the corner. You know, sometimes, you know, because you, you quoted it correctly. God chastens those, who, those whom he loves. He chastens his children. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes those thorns come and those times come because we need a spanking. And, uh, you know, and we've all experienced all these different kinds like uh-huh. that. But uh, it all always involves whether it's, just uh, humbling us or disciplining us or whatever, it all comes back to where it's bringing our focus on the Lord. That's what it's all about, mm-hmm. is bringing our eyes to Him. Yeah. And that, that's a big part of this. I mean, I've sat on this. Uh, I, I don't got to where now. I just, I'll sit on ideas for months. And, like, it was just the other day, it was almost like, you know, I'd be in a room this size and it was so loud that it was like, you got to d- do it. Take the step. Yeah, man. I understand. Move. <laughs> hey, September of uh, 2016, uh, sitting in uh, Destin, Florida, which I can't stand going to the beach. I'm odd, but I had to go for a business trip. I had mm-hmm. to go for a seminar. It wasn't an audible voice, but I heard specifically, I mean, in my mind, it was, or maybe better said, I saw a vision and things rolling. Drove, took me to scripture name fellowship of the way fellowship of the way I'm like what's that I'll read about what the way used to mean the church was referred to as followers of the way mm-hmm. the way being Christ, Christ. and he and, called himself the way yes exactly and all this I even went that night and secured a website domain September of 2016 what's today uh, April the what? Sixteenth. something like seventeenth, uh, yes. twenty twenty. Yeah, seventeenth. We still don't. I've got I've got some stuff in place, but yeah, um, sometimes I'm I'm the same way, man. Um, one big thing is is and especially during some experience, I had some valley experiences over the last couple of years, ministerial wise, and I started to really push this thing, but I was pushing it in the wrong direction, because sometimes when you have a bad experience or when you have a bad taste in your mouth or you get kind of selfish on things you start it's like you got a peg driving it trying to force it in Mm -hmm. so I had to take the foot off the gas but uh, still today a guy contacted me and was talking about the things of the church and it's like man you know is is this all it is basically his question was is is this all the church is is supposed to be you know what is it? Because the whole idea of the fellowship of the way is to get back to the small, almost like house church design that the Bible, you know, there's no mega churches in the Bible. No. Thousands was being brought to the Lord, but they were spreading out and planning and going and spreading. It wasn't this, it wasn't like building a successful business model that was going and witnessing for Christ. And he was talking about, you know, how uh, I would love to have a house church, like some kind of situation to grow in God's word and then go out and do the work. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I got to get busy. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing that God's been pressing on my heart and my mind. And and there is a hunger out there for a legit movement of God. Mm -hmm. There is. So, yeah, man, but I'm I'm like you. I'm a bad, I'm bad to put things off. (laughs) (laughs) And then after you get going and like, People start getting behind it, then you then you see that God's hands actually on it. Yeah, oh, that yeah. it's it's going to be a movement. Just like this, man. I mean, I think this is great that you're doing. You know, um, we have got a whole lot of different. You, you you can buy millions of books on processes and correct ways to disciple and and 
steps and programs and all that. But I love just a, a laid back method of getting on and talking and illuminating the Word of God. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, in, in, in real world, yeah, in a real world arena. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And it's um, to be able to sit down and be transparent, even though you may not get all the details, you know, you can at least maybe relate in some kind of way to that person. It's like, I'm not the only one. Oh, yeah. You know, I had a, uh, I, I had a colleague and it's, somebody I very much, I'm talking about somebody I've looked up to for years, but um, sometimes in sermons and sometimes talking just like this, I mean, I don't know how many people's going to listen to this. I have no idea. Right. But I talked about my struggles with depression and I talked about how I have some problems and I have some failures and I, and I got some advice from, from this seasoned minister that you probably shouldn't share so much of that because folks may think that well, if you have this, then there's no hope for me. I'm right the opposite thing that y'all look, the things that anybody that's hearing my voice today that's struggling with, we all have the struggles. Yeah. Uh, we all have the thorns in, in, in our flesh. We all have the issues that we cannot deal with outside of the power of God. Mm -hmm. We won't find the peace. We won't find hope. We won't find the joy that we're looking for outside of God. And that's why I, I, I don't mind being open about struggles with depression. I have a struggle with anger. Boy, I have a bad temper. You'd mm -hmm. never know it because you probably look at me and think I'm so laid back. But whew, when that fire gets lit, you know, right. I don't mind talking about that because I'm just a human being. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think it's helpful. For, for I can't stand it when Christians act like they've got everything together. Oh, yeah. Because we don't. No. <laughs> we don't. It's just like what you hear after, you know, I mean, we got so many great kids that are graduating this year. It's like, now you're going to be college and career age, whether you decide to go to college or you decide to go out and find you a career. Mm -hmm. And what you're about to find is that everyone out here has no idea. <laughs> That's right. Because like when I was in high school, I was like, man, I can't wait till I'm this old because they got it figured out. That's right. No. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. No, absolutely not. But back, I don't guess it's really a rabbit, but just kind of back to like just what, you know, kind of learned about my calling, you know, I was, mm -hmm. it's missions, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, mission is just not, it's getting on a plane sometimes for absolutely. some people. Absolutely. It's needed. But right now, the biggest place that needs healing and needs the gospel and real truth from the word is right here. Oh, I agree. I definitely I definitely you, you just don't have to look you don't have to have a binocular to find a mission you don't have to you don't have to have a telescope to find a mission field you just don't no. I agree with you now and I want to say that that yes we are supposed to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, earth. Yeah. so yes we need people going to other countries we need people going to other states other areas but you know it's just I hate I, I hate for us to miss the people in the shadow of our steeple that's the, that, that's, that's the big thing with yeah. that. And that's like, you know, I thought I was an Isaiah, but turns out I'm a Jeremiah. And I'm just, at first I didn't like that. Yeah. You yeah. know, you don't want to be called your own people. <laughs> or maybe some do. I didn't, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I thought I was just going to be going, you know. But. Well, and that's the thing that I can confirm in watching you, you know, and that's you, you talked about the experience. And I, I do remember that I, I remember a specific conversation that we had in a church building, you know, about the time that you was fixing to go to school. But I just see the hand of God on you working within people your age and, and people in our area. And, and um, you have a test. You have a great testimony mm -hmm. and, and, and people can relate to your testimony. And man, that's a, that 
God uses that. And, you know, I, I, I've seen a mini revival one time, and I'm praying we keep seeing some of those revivals keep coming back, you know, because, yeah, you, you definitely, you are called to missions. Yeah. You definitely. I, I can confirm that because I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I guess, just to, I mean, we're talking about grace and, um, you know, the thorn in the side, but grace is being sufficient. And one thing I just want to share is, like, full disclosure, um, the Bible says this multiple times that no one is good, no, not even one. Mm-hmm. David said it first in the Psalms. Um, I'm very partial to Psalms. I read, I read those all the time. That's where I think great songs come from. Like when I hear, you know, a Christian song, if I don't hear Scripture, I was like, yeah. where did it come from? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to hear the Word. That's right. That's what's got the power. Absolutely. And so, so many great lyrics are right there because what? It's, it's a book of songs. Yes. But David said it, and then Paul says it, and then I, I think that Peter said it in First or Second Peter. I may be wrong, but it's, it's stated, I think, three times throughout that this idea that, man, he was a good guy. You always hear that when he might have been, you know, just the scum of the earth, but like at the funeral, he was good. He was a good dude. Come on. But then look at me. It's like, you may think that I'm a good guy. Well, according to our standard, right? but according to God's standard, no. Yeah, you look at, uh, um, you look at man's standard of goodness. And I've had, look, I've, ha- I've had people tell me, I said something about how, you know, about the having it all together. I've had people say, man, you just got it all together. I've heard people say, you know, words of admiration of just a, like, my, like me, my, my wife and I have just a, a perfect, marriage we're human we have ups and downs like anybody else mm-hmm. people look on the outside looking in see it's easy to make a, a it's easy to make something look good with a little paint a little uh, a little you know uh, plaster but the God looks past all that I heard one time a young guy up talking and I think he was up talking in front of a church and ended up making I think he got crossways with some in the church because he was talking about the the, the suits and the ties and, and and the pomp and the circumstance and the ritual with that and he started talking about how God is not looking at all of that mm-hmm. God is looking in the heart he doesn't see man as man sees it he sees straight to the heart and when you look at God's standard for goodness it's if there's any sin then there's no goodness you know you break one piece of the law you broke it all right that's scripture and the only way that God can look upon us and see goodness is through the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the perfect lamb, the sacrifice for us. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into it more as we, we get going more, but there is so much imagery in the Old Testament, and you really get that. Look, it couldn't be just any lamb that was sacrificed. It had to be spotless. Right. And that was for the sins of the tribes. Mm-hmm. And then what are we going to have for the sins of the world? Well, there's right at 700 prophecies of the God-man who was going to come, who was going to be that perfect spotless lamb for us, right. who was going to put the world on his shoulders. Yes. And just like the promise that God made in the garden to the serpent, you'll bite his heel, but he'll crush your head. Mm-hmm. I love that imagery. I saw a lot of it come up during Easter where you had the physical snake biting the heel, but it was being crushed That's by right. that nail. That's right. It's I mean, finished. 
it's finished. And that's that's the really good news. I'm not good. No. <laughs> I'll be first to tell you, I've got Wait, nobody. I've got problems. Everybody. I've got sins I deal with. I've got head games that I play every day. I've got struggles. Yeah. But I've got grace, and I can go to my mediator. This is quoting from Hebrews. Uh, it's I don't need a pope. I don't need a, a pastor. I, I can go to my mediator, who is Jesus Christ. That's right. And I can confess my sins, and I know that it's gone, that I don't have to That's deal right. with it anymore. That's right. Yeah, you, you boy, you hit it around the head. The Bible doesn't tell us that all who goes and talks to the pastor is saved. No, the Bible tells us all who calls upon the name of the Lord, those who profess Christ as his Lord and mm-hmm. Savior, who believeth on him, and, and, and that goes for anybody listening to us today. Um, both you and I have said this, but we don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. But what we do have is salvation through Jesus Christ, and that's offered for anybody. Uh, th- there is no one too lost to be found by the shepherd and that I love that promise and that's an encouragement to, I have a rule every time I preach somewhere I will I don't care what the sermon material is or what the subject matter we're going to come back to the gospel and give the opportunity for somebody to be saved and that's something I know that's your heart but we would love to you know to share that uh, that uh, that Jesus Jesus is for everybody and that opportunity mm-hmm. to be saved is for everyone and um, I'm sure I may be overstepping this, but no, you're probably no. going to have some uh, information out there, you know, for anybody who uh, who wants to know more about that. Mm-hmm. And I figure you've got some contact information on this podcast where they could contact you. Or you know, I would probably or... like send them to uh, your page. Okay. okay. And like, I'll, I'll have something set. I haven't got anything set okay. yet. That's fine. Absolutely. But eventually, yes, is where you can have that information. Yeah. Uh, and. You know, in the descriptions, you know, I want to, like, scripture references mentioned, you know, yeah. list those out. If you didn't catch it with us, yeah. you know, maybe right in the car or whatever. That's awesome. But this is where we were at. That's awesome. This is where you can find that. That's great, man. That's great. And just give, just tools, man. Because uh, there, there are so many verses, you know, out there. And uh, let's let's go here, and I think that'll be good is uh, there, there's so many verses out there that are really misunderstood. Oh, absolutely. And it happens a lot, like with Philippians 4.13. Um, you know, it's, it's very popular in sports. It's a Superman verse. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But have you ever read what it says before or after? Exactly. you got to take it in context, brother. Yeah. And so <laughs> what he means is like, what rich or poor, you know, naked or clothed, uh, fed or hungry I can do all these things I, I know how to suffer well I know how to have it good and all that was made possible and it kind of goes back to right there where we were at the beginning That's right. his grace is sufficient Amen. he's going to give me what I need for this day Amen. that's right and so uh, kind of lost track but with Philippians 4.13 always you know you, you'll see it yeah. uh, maybe tattooed on an old ball player and um, oh, Garrett's got something on his wall, you know, and it, it is, it's, it's a sports thing, and, and, and I mean, you know, it, it's just, uh, the intentions are good, are, are, are positive, mm-hmm. but it's not meaning that you can do anything that your heart desires, right? and, and God's going to put a stamp on it and say, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's not slam dunks or touchdowns no, either. No, no, and uh, 
And I do think going in this, and if, 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 if I'm blessed to be able to sit in with you if, uh, some more, and I hope so. Absolutely. Um, that, you know, I think it's good to take some verses like that and, uh, you know, kind of chew on them and, and kind of open up that context. You know, uh, there's a lot of uh, bad doctrine and bad theology out there because somebody has settled down on one verse and pulled it out of a, of a page when there's a whole lot more, you know, and you always have to take the scripture in context of the Bible as a whole. Yeah. Always, always. So. Yeah. But the cool thing about the Bible is that it's always extremely practical. Absolutely. Because it's living and breathing. And uh, a lot of folks, I'll hear this, is, well, I don't read the Old Testament because it really doesn't apply oh. to today. We have the New Covenant, the New Testament. That's why we have that. So much of what they say in the New Testament is from the old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's from 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 Genesis in the beginning to Revelation. Amen. Mm-hmm. We need the full compass. That's what you need, and yeah. I, that's something yeah. else that I want to do as we go. Is like each book of the Bible is saying something specific about Christ. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's from creation to new creation. Mm-hmm. Everything before the cross is pointing to the cross. Everything after the cross. Is looking back at the cross. It's yeah. all about Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a quote I carry in every Bible. If I if if I'm buying a Bible for a teenager or whoever, mm-hmm. I write in the fly uh, the flyleaf. This book is about Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Yeah. You're right. Don't lose your bearings. That's right. Don't get caught up. That's right. I agree. And that's and, and when we study scripture, that always should be. I said study the Bible in context of the Bible as a whole, and it also is studying the Bible in context of Jesus, because the Bible will not contradict Jesus. Right. There's a scripture will not contradict Mm-mm. Jesus and his teachings. No. But Philippians four ten, we'll go through thirteen. It starts right here. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need. So he's talking to the Philippian church about being so generous to them. Now that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation, I am to be content. content. <laughs> I know how to be brought low. I know how to be how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's your context. Right. (laughs) And content is a huge key word in that context. And once again, like I'm reading from ESV and Mm -hmm. I don't know what version. Uh, New New King James, but I'm I'm not a translation. And we'll get into this because I think that's important to talk about too is thought for thought, word for word. You know, NIV is thought for thought and you can get yourself into trouble with some of that. Yes. And word for word, I I like to read both. Mm -hmm. I'm actually reading through a book right now. I think it was written by James R. White, I think is the pastor's name that's written it. You read this and this could be offensive to some and I don't mean it. It's called the, the uh, the King James Version Only Controversy. Mm-hmm. And we know this. There's there's folks that will say the only Bible that you should ever touch or read is the is the 1611 authorized version of the King James oh, yeah. Bible. 
And, and but what this does is, is it's taking you back exactly and teaching how the Bible was translated. It's teaching you all the different the, the ancient texts that it came from, where our different versions come from. It's not so much a beat anything down. It's just opening up the mind and explaining where all these come. And honestly, the point that it makes is there's no perfect. There. The, the author basically states that he doesn't believe that there's any perfect, flawless mm-hmm. translation because there's too much man in it from this, from a, from all the copyists and the scribes and everything and the different, the, the thought by thought, the word by word. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it's just too much. And the whole point of that is, is we don't worship a translation. We study the Word of God mm-hmm. and allow the Holy Spirit to work within us to yeah. to learn and grow in the Word. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And so, man, anything else? I think that's a good first run. Yeah. Uh, maybe it wasn't too bumbling and fumbling, uh, but uh, I definitely I enjoy it. I enjoy talking with you. Uh, it's very easy to talk with you on this, and uh, I hope I uh, hope we can do this a lot more. I, I've enjoyed this afternoon after I got through with my work, kind of going through and revisiting some of my notes, and uh, mm-hmm. gave me another opportunity to study and dive deep for myself. So yeah, right. That's that's good stuff. Well, all right, brother. We'll we'll walk this thing on out the door. Thank you so much, Scott. Yes, sir. Thank you. So we don't have anything set up yet for you to be able to go to a website or to a social media page to be able to check out the things that we have talked about here today. But one thing I do want to tell you is that you can contact me or Scott uh, via Facebook. My email is aldridge20 at gmail.com. And I'm fairly prompt. Um, I'll get back with you within the week. Um, but if there are any questions about things that we've talked about or just something that you need a little more disclosure on, I can help you out with that. And Scott can too. We'll have a website or something that you can go to, preferably something that I'm not going to be running. Um, that'll be run by this community that uh, we're building. And it is something just to bring everyone together. Is I don't want any animosity between uh, churches or denominations or whatever that is. I want us to all come under the same banner and to be able to. This is something that we can get behind, and because we just want the word out. It's not about uh, church attendance or Sunday school attendance at this point. It's about reaching people, and I don't really give a rat's behind about how many people was in Sunday school class. I want to get back to the root of the thing is that it's reaching people outside of the church. With that being said, uh, we spent an awful lot of time talking about grace. Here is a song called Your Grace is Enough. All right, I'm out of here. Great is your faithfulness, O God, Jacob. Wrestle with the sinner's restless heart. You lead us by still water into mercy, and nothing can keep us apart. So remember your people. Remember. Your children, remember.
your promise, oh God. In your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. In your grace is enough for me. Great is your love and justice, God and Jacob. For me, for me.